jump into the epic world of Avatar The Last Airbender with Nickelodeon's official companion podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Late Show Pond Show listeners can get 20% off on all Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise on ParamountShop.com. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show shirts, mugs, accessories, and more with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. Welcome, welcome one and all to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. Ladies and gentlemen... How's, how's everybody doing tonight? I don't know why. <laughs> the world is upside down. We're shooting balloons down with million-dollar missiles. We got toxic runoff in our rivers, and the top form of entertainment is watching a coked-up bear commit murders. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks to climate change, this weekend, Los Angeles got a big old snowstorm, and not just way up in the mountains, even the Hollywood sign got dusted with snow. California kids made snow bros. Look how cute that is. But then again, Californians deserve to have some fun because I believe California's only other weather option is fire. <laughs> I was actually in Los Angeles this weekend. I'm not going to say why. I'll just say in a totally unrelated story, this Thursday my guest will be Mr. Steven Spielberg right over there. There you go. Spielberg. No big deal. Just Steven Spielberg. What are you going to do? Actually, while I was out there, I also went to the Producers Guild Awards, and when I was backstage, this is true, I met Tom Cruise for the first time. He's normal height. (laughs) Here's the thing. The moment he shook my hand, I gained the ability to fly an airplane. (laughs) I don't know how he did it. I don't know why he did it, but Tom, if you're watching, thank you. (laughs) Talk to me, Goose. Now... Here's another surprising development this weekend. Uh, The Department of Energy released a new report saying a lab leak is the most likely origin of the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, there it is. Chinese wet markets, you're off the hook. (laughs) Let's order a round of pangolin poppers for the table. (laughs) I love a nice plate of wet apps. Now, if you're... you're some, Can we get some civet fingers, please? Now, if, like me, you're wondering why the Department of Energy is the one making this judgment, it's because that agency oversees a network of U.S. national laboratories, some of which conduct advanced biological research. No. No! (laughs) Bad energy department. No bio labs until you finish building your electric car charging stations. (laughs) Stay in your lane. You don't see... You don't see... You don't see... You don't see the Census Bureau building nukes. (laughs) But whatever. Who am I to say? They're the energy department. I'm sure they're smart. They wouldn't release these findings unless they were absolutely confident. What's that? (laughs) They made their judgment with low confidence. (laughs) Yeah. You can tell by the way they deliver the news. Um, maybe it was a lab leak. That's stupid. Forget I said anything. (laughs) Now, it turns out... (laughs) 
No matter what the Energy Department says, not everyone in the government agrees. You see, while the Department of Energy suspects it was a lab leak, four other agencies, along with a national intelligence panel, still judge that the pandemic was likely the result of a natural transmission, and the CIA remains undecided. In fact, the CIA issued the following statement. Which virus? No, that one wasn't us. <laughs> huh? I was not that wasn't there. There was also uh, no theory put forth by, quote, another agency that officials wouldn't name. Wait a second. There's a United States intelligence agency so secret they can't even say its name? Is it Rumpelstiltskin? Is it, is it fight Voldemort? <laughs> anyway, we'll have more on this story as soon as anyone has anything they can prove. Speaking of deadly leaks, remember all that toxic sludge from the train derailment uh, down in Ohio? Well, there's, there's some good news. It's finally starting to leave Ohio. The bad news, it could be coming to you because <laughs> soil and water from the train wreck were taken to Michigan and Texas without warning. And no surprise, Michigan and Texas were not happy with this surprise. So the EPA stopped the shipments of toxic waste. And the new plan is to schlep it back to various locations in Ohio, including the town of East Liverpool, which is literally on the Ohio River. Not the best containment plan. All right, everybody, it's safe to go back in the pool. We scooped the diaper out of the deep end. We placed it safely at the top of the water slide, all right? Everybody in. Marco. But... That, even that, might not be really toxic waste. Even that might not be the most disturbing part of the story. The most disturbing point, it turns out, is that not telling people where hazardous waste is going is standard operating procedure. Even Ohio Governor Mike DeWine was not briefed on where in the country the shipments would be sent, which reportedly is typical. And a Texas official who was outraged to receive a surprise shipment noted that there's no legal requirement for her office to be notified. Good Lord. Does the train industry have any rules? Is Murder on the Orient Express an instructional video? Even though it's been almost a month uh, since the original crash, President Biden still hasn't visited, which reporters asked him about on Friday. Are you planning to travel to East Palestine, Ohio? This moment, not. I I did a whole... Videos, I mean, uh, you know, the, uh, what the hell? Um, Zoom? Zoom. 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 All I can every time I think of Zoom, that song of my generation, who's Zoom and who? Really? We all go up on words every so often, but who's Zoom and who is the song of your generation? Aretha Franklin's Who's Zoom and Who came out in 1985. Sir, the song of your generation is Gregorian chant. <laughs> Deus Ire. We've also got Dona Nobis Pachem. Oh, we've also got news from someone who wants to run against uh, President Biden. Turns out the former president is Mar-a-Lago's resident DJ. That's got to be fun. Oh, honey, he's playing our song. A long rant about low-flush toilets. (laughs) Apparently, the ex-president DJs every Thursday, but he doesn't spin from a booth. According to an insider, he controls the music on an iPad, usually from his table, so he eats and plays. (laughs) 
It's a DJ style the club kids call Toddler at Olive Garden. <laughs> Sorry. That's... Uh-huh. The former, uh, the former president was asked about his DJing in a podcast interview, and he had this to say. Do you actually spin, or no, do you... I don't spin, what do you but use? I pick, I pick the ones I like. Then you're not a DJ. I'm a chef. I'm a chef. I don't cook. I just look at the menu, and I pick. <laughs> I pick the ones I like, and I eat the ones I pick. The president... <laughs> bing bong. Bing bong, bing bong, bong bong. <laughs> the ex-president also ran down which music he likes the most. You know what gets him rocking? Y- YMCA. Oh, yeah? He loves to play YMCA. The only problem is he sometimes forgets how to spell it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just say, aw? <laughs> Are you worried that the president is illiterate? <laughs> Thankfully, that guy's out of office, and the world has more steady, sane leadership. <laughs> like the president of Mexico, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, who over the weekend posted a photo of what he claims is an elf. That's exciting news. I thought all the elves left for Valinor at the end of the movie. Elrond, call me. We have so much to catch you up on. Do you know about Cocaine Bear? <laughs> this elf, elf sighting is the most amazing supernatural allegation by a president since FDR said this. The only thing we have to fear is the Loch Ness Monster. Oh, right, that's a submarine? Wake up, sheeple. Lopez... Lopez Obrador is all in. He claimed the photo was taken three days ago and that everything is mystical. Adding, oh, I think the edible is kicking in. Guys, come pet the dog. It feels so cool. So, fair's fair. He's the president of Mexico. I'm not the president of Mexico. Who am I to judge? Let's take a look at this mystical, beautiful, real-life elf. Aha. Is this what elves look like in Mexico? If so, I do not want to try their Keebler cookies. (laughs) But again, he's the president of Mexico. Who am I to judge? Let's listen to his speech from last night. Ladies and gentlemen, by now, most people have seen the photo I posted of the magical elf. But since that photo, I've had more encounters with the elf like when the elf returned and went through my trash. While using a broom to coax the elf out, he kissed me with his teeth. I believe he passed his magic on to me. We got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, Damian Lewis. Enjoying this episode of The Late Show Pod Show? Then head to cohst.app slash show or visit the link in the description to fill out our quick two-minute survey all about getting to know you.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. My first guest tonight is an uh, Emmy award-winning actor you know from Homeland, Wolf Hall, and Billions. He now stars in the new limited series, A Spy Among Friends. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Damian Lewis. Please. Please. Nice to see you, nice to no, see oh, you again. I'm sorry. Um, you're back on television uh, in your first role since Billions. And it's uh, the, the new series, A Spy Among Friends. Yeah. I assume you're a spy? Uh, that, or are you the friends? That would be... Well... I am actually the friend of the spy, but okay. I happen to be a spy as well. Okay. A lot of so spying. So, do you, do you like spy, spy thrillers? Because I love... Who doesn't lo- like a spy thriller? I don't know. Bad people, I guess. Yeah. But I, I love a spy thriller. What do you think it's so... Why do you think it's so alluring? Uh, well, it's the, it's the... I think it's the double life. I think it's the total... The total duplicity that people can live one life entirely seemingly transparently mm-hmm. whilst having a totally different life going on side by side. I think that's fascinating. And the ability to conceal whilst going about your day-to-day life is, mm-hmm. is I think, is a, is a skill. It's a masterful, mm-hmm. um, strange, sort of shape-shifting skill to have. The two guys that we tell the story about, based on a true story, is... Um, is about Nicholas Elliott, who is the friend of our most notorious spy in the UK, who is our most notorious traitor in the 20th century, a guy called Kim Philby, who, who betrayed his country for 30 years working for the Russians, for the KGB, wow. until he was finally caught in 1963. His best friend, Nicholas Elliott, who I play, I have to say the immaculate and wonderful guy Pierce plays Kim Philby. And, yeah, right? And, um... And, um... And Elliot, his best friend, is sent out to interrogate him in Beirut. And they have this now notorious four days of interviews, um, three minutes of which gets lost when they go to the window and they open the window onto the Beirut street. And this is still... There, is, there are no transcripts of this three minutes and no one knows what was said in those three minutes. All they do know is that the next day, Kim Philby was on a boat and heading to Moscow. So... So there was intrigue for many years about Elliot's part in, 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 in Philby's defection, effectively. He wasn't brought back, he wasn't tried, he wasn't hanged, executed, whatever, in a, in a court of law or in public opinion. And he went and effect- effectively sort of rotted his liver in vodka in, in, in Moscow. We have, we have a clip here. What are we about to see? OK. No, what, what, what are we about to see? I'm asking. <laughs> Do you know what we're about to see? Steve, it's, it's not working. What, oh, sorry. Oh, wait. Uh, oh, we don't have to set it up if you don't. If you, what, have you seen your own show? Do you know? What? I, yeah, no. I, I I only watch things I'm in. So yeah. Uh, this uh, this is this is a debriefing scene uh, when Elliot comes back under suspicion. He is debriefed by an MI5 uh, agent played by the beautiful, uh, brilliant Anna Maxwell Martin. Jim, let's hope it is that scene, Mr. Elliot. I completely understand why you might need a moment or two to break the ice. Believe me, I do. Would you mind if we now consider it broken? The word escape would suggest that Philby was in some sort of custody, which he was not. But I do understand the drive of your question, and the answer is this. I simply didn't think him run. 
I was offering him complete immunity and secrecy with a nice little retirement in the country with his wife and children for a full confession of everything he ever did for the KGB. I didn't for a moment think he'd choose Russia over that. Do you think... Do you think you'd be a good spy? No. Why not? I don't think he would either. I've, I've got my theories. Why do you think he wouldn't? So be that was kind of like a setup. No, I you just had the I, answer already. I had a theory, but what, why don't you think you'd be a good spy? Well, I, uh, I. Um... If it's my reason, I could see why you're hesitant to answer. Okay. Would you like me to tell you my reason first before you answer? Your reason is already sounding more exciting than mine, so I, I need to. My reason is that a spy should be boring, and you're interesting. Oh. But a spy should oh. not be memorable. Oh. See? So nice. Spy would not do that. <laughs> spy does not rub their own nipple in public. Uh, you, you don't know that I don't have a counteragent out there right now rubbing their nipple back to me right now. <laughs> this is true. This is true. So what was your all, reason? It's all spycraft all the time. His spy never rests. 100%. Yeah. What was your reason for not being a spy? I do, you know, I, I think that life of secrecy, they love that culture of secrecy. It's a, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a sort of an elite way to live because you know that you are in a very small elite of people who do what you do. Nobody else knows what you do. And in Kim Philby's uh, particular, uh, the example of Kim Philby, is he was, he was, he was double-crossing everybody. See, he was like in an elite of one and I think that absolutely drove his ego, mm. uh, his narcissism. I think he loved that. I'm not saying I'm not egotistical or narcissistic, because uh, I am both. But, but I, think, I think it would destroy you in the end, having to maintain that level of secrecy, that double life over a long period of time. We have to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more Damien Lewis, everybody. Stick around. Damien, Damien Lewis. Damien Lewis. Oh, Damien Lewis. I understand that you do a, um, an acting exercise to get yourself uh, an understanding of the character where you choose an animal that, it is li- that is like the character you're going to play or to inspire you to play the character. How, did, how does that work? Um, wow, oh, good question. Well, um, when I was at conservatory... A drama school, we just call it drama school, I was training to be an actor. They sent us to London Zoo every weekend for our first semester um, because they wanted us to study animals, animal movement and animal psychology as a tool for acting. And I said, oh, great, I'm going to go to the uh, ape cage and study the apes. And they said, no, you're not, because you're already too much like an ape. <laughs> and we need you to study something where there is stillness. And they said, you are going to be a lizard. <laughs> and I went, I went to the reptile house at London Zoo for 12 straight, straight weeks. And I came out of there at the end of 12 weeks thinking, this is great. I'm going to score the top grades in the class because I saw that lizard move three times in 12 <laughs> weeks. 
Do you still have a lizard? Do you still have the lizard? The lizard does two things. Okay, let's the see. Lizard, the lizard lies totally still under the heat lamp for 12 weeks, and then maybe once in week six, and then again in week nine, it'll do this. I just, honestly, my friend Oscar, he was said, no, you're an ape too. You can't be an ape. You gotta be a lizard with Damien. We just, we got on our black leotards, we lay on the floor, and we just lay on top of each other for an hour. <laughs> that was it. Total, friends totally, are totally still, top marks. So, so it, what, the, what animal is, uh, what's his name, Nicholas? Nicholas Elliott in this. What, what animal was he? He was, because of the double life, he felt to me he was bird-like. There was, there was a bit of a peacock about Nicholas Elliott, mm. someone who, was, who liked telling dirty limericks. That was a big thing of his in real life, mm-hmm. to love being in the bar and entertaining with dirty limericks. So I had a sort of peacock mm. when, his, when, you know, when the feathers fanned and he was just a bit sort of, you know, a couple of whiskeys in. Yes. And, um, and then there was something very hawk-like, eagle-like about him, very watchful, and attentive, so he was two birds for me. I don't always. I try to narrow it down to one. Wow. With each character, and then, and then, the interesting thing, the interesting uh, sort of anthropomorphic thing about studying an animal is how do you, how do you actually integrate that into you physically, without people <laughs> saying he's doing a bird. Say, yeah. Why? Why is that spy just walking around like a peacock? Because that's. <laughs> That's weird. So it's about how you integrate it, but bury it. How about Bobby Axelrod? Did he have an animal? Did you do an animal for him? Bobby Axelrod is a predator. He's one of the big cats, and he's a cheetah. And, and, oh, that's, yeah? and that's a little bit of play on words, too, because he's clearly a, you know, well, let's call it, he's a criminal. And, uh, you know, he's... And so the cheetah was just... was, was a good... Uh, just sort of entertained me, sort of chucklingly, that that's the cat he was. But, yeah, he's... he's And, and, in, and in Bobby Axelrod, I don't know if any of you watch uh, uh, the hit TV show Billions, but... Um, uh, but uh, with Bobby, because he is kind of a larger-than-life character, he's a bit of a rock star, he's a bit of a sort of cowboy, swaggering cowboy, I was able, actually... He does roll. He should roll like a big cat, a bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, so I, I, I kept, kept that. Thing. Yeah, I, I understand. Well, we got to go here in just a minute, but I understand that uh, you have a little announcement to make to the people, a little bit of news that nobody knows yet uh, uh, regarding uh, Mr. Axelrod. Anything you'd like to tell the folks? Well, Bobby, Bobby's back. He's coming back. Uh, and um, to billions. Yes, Axe, Axe is back, and it's exciting. He's he's not he's not been around for a couple of seasons, but he is uh, he's back. When I can't tell you that. But I'll tell you this: it's been lovely to have you. Thank you so much Thanks, for being here, Daniel Lewis. A Spy Among Friends premieres March 12th on MGM Plus. Thank you for listening to the Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to the Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives.